Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. All right. We're back to talk about uh, podcasts. Yes. Alcohol. Yes. Jobs. Yes. Quantum computers. This is almost all about booze and alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) So we got got some issues. Can you tell Vartex coming? Uh, actually, this episode is going to release the week we're the week we've come back from, like oh, the week okay. of Vartech. Ah, just you know, days after Vartech Fair enough. ended. Actually, there you go. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, we're recording this a little bit ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, maybe alcohol's on our minds because yeah. you know we got to just be some trends. I think, right? <laughs> we yeah, got, we got to drink to survive and get through that time period. <laughs> uh, hey, it's another Tech Bites episode where we just do a little digging and diving into yes. interesting topics and stories yep. and yep. stuff that we just we just feel like chatting. Well, about. the virtual water cooler. That's what this That's is all right. about, right? Virtual I mean, water you know. You're at the water cooler again. Maybe it's two days a week. Maybe it's three days a week. But are you, though? Like, I still don't feel like I have a really... Oh, I go to the water cooler. I don't feel like I don't go to the water cooler and hang out and talk to people that much. It's a coffee machine now. I just fill up my water and go about my day. I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which, by the way, our water cooler is a little on the lukewarm side. Well, Um, you got to put the ice in it, dude. Yeah, but if I'm trying to fill a bottle, that doesn't help. That me. doesn't help. I can't at get all. the ice in no. there. But so. it's got the soft crush ice. It's the best ice in the oh, world. That's a good point. Maybe yeah. I need to start bringing my actual cup. 100% you do. We're just, let's just riff on office, <laughs> <laughs> office, office upgrades gear. and yeah. how, to take, how to take care of ourselves in the office. <laughs> Forget the rest of the episode. Just talking about that. Uh, all right. So, yes. Yeah, so, those are our topics today. We'll do a little What's Tech Connected with you as well. It's yep. time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, let's get into it, Dean. Yep. We've we've bantered around some topics. We've got six stories we want to do today. Whoosh. You're up first with a topic about America's top podcast. Well, I mean, here we are. We are a podcast, right? So I felt what? It, we are. What? I felt it important to like analyze ourselves versus <laughs> what other podcaster podcaster podcast thyself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so some really good information out there. And and some of this uh, reinforces what we have built here yeah, on that's our true. podcast. That's true. And, and so that's we exist for a reason. That's right. Uh, so there's a survey out there. Uh, they they kind of dove into what are the top ranked podcasts and how do you get there kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Uh, and just some of the, some of the call outs there. Uh, about a quarter of top ranked podcasts are about true crime. Yep. That's Unbelievable. I it mean, it checks out though. It does. I mean, I listen to, I, I, I talk to my middle daughter. She's 21. She's like, Yeah, I do podcasts and stuff like that. I'm like, What? True crime. Yeah. That's all she listens to is true crime stuff. Yeah. It's like, so I've listened to a couple. Have you heard any of these? Just Serial's the only one that I ever got into because, I mean, everybody got into Serial. Yeah. And I've listened to some of their, like, breakout projects that are true crime focused, but mm-hmm. it, but not, I know there's a plethora of other ones out there, and I'm sure I would enjoy them, but I have listened to enough podcasts, other stuff, Well, I just haven't really touched on it. Apparently of 24% of all podcasts are true crime. Which is crime related. Which is fascinating to me because you would think there would be a a lot to go into making those, but oh yeah, I don't know. Well, I think the good ones are well produced. Oh yeah, right. It's it's an auditory story. But it's also one of those things that I think that anybody can just do as long as you just do some research and (laughs) 
you know, have a conversation about it. And maybe well, you can talk to some folks. And here's know? here's the fact. There's an endless supply. Unfortunately, there's always crime going on. Deaths, murders, things of that yeah, nature. That, I yes. mean, we could do a true crime Cincinnati and, and have an endless supply. I guarantee you go search for that. It probably is out there. Uh, so maybe we do need to tweak our format. If we want to increase our, our <laughs> listeners, we got to <laughs> weave in a true crime. Can, can you work on that, John? And that's when you use the barcode scanner to bludgeon him to death. <laughs> That's right. Next just, on Tech Connect After it, it, Dark. It beats going to the second most popular, which is politics and government. I mean, there you have to be like all in on stuff like that yeah, to yeah. either listen to it or partake in, in something like that. A uh, little bit surprised uh, there uh, at the next one. Self-help and relationship actually ranked number four. Uh, in the in the most popular, so I you know I guess people are tuning in for self help and relationship yeah, type. Yeah, I can stuff. see that too. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I you know I would have thought sports, which is below I, that. I wonder would have if been a lot higher. That's tr- well true. I wonder if the self help stuff though, if that includes a lot of like how tos and. Oh, you think? Yeah, maybe I don't yeah, know. I don't know point. if it's always if it's all necessarily like point. you know psychology type stuff or whatever. You know, could be. I don't know. But that's um, a good point. Yeah. Well, let me ask you. What you know, if if you're looking at your list of podcasts, what Pro, what's going to be at the top of your list of like the mo, the most common type that you're Ooh, listening to? Man, that's a good one. science, oh, <laughs> which, yeah? which okay, lands pretty okay. low on here. Uh, money, like I, I got like uh, NPR's. Uh, I, they what is that? Planet Money. Yeah, that's just yeah. like one of my go tos. Okay, and it's not like I'm a money guy. It's right. just fascinating. Right. And it's, it's usually well produced uh, type of thing. I don't. Uh, those are. That's it. You know, okay. story a little, throwing a history piece here and there, yeah, that kind of yeah. a thing, which all ranks here. Um, you know, an occasional Rogan. Uh, so I don't know where you classify him. Is it comedy? Is it? I imagine is it politics? Is it entertainment? Pop sort of, culture? Yeah, there that's you a go. good point. It could be a lot of things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I don't know. What about you? Uh, so again, I don't do a lot of the true crime stuff. I I do some politics stuff. I do have some politics podcasts to listen to. My predominant listening though is going to be under the entertainment pop culture. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the like TV rewatch podcast. Yeah, right. You yeah. know, watching it, watch yep. a show yep. and do a recap of it, or just you know shows that just talk about what's going on in you know um you know nerdy pop culture stuff or whatever mm-hmm. pop culture happy hour that was one of my first podcasts that i really latched onto early on when mm-hmm. i after after i did serial in this american life like everybody does mm-hmm. i found pop culture happy hour which is another npr podcast Wait, where they just american do, life i gotta do that one. Oh man that's good stuff is it good stuff that's, and it's one of those ones you can just pick up any episode anytime. it doesn't matter yeah it doesn't right. matter well produced Great, well whatever well yeah. i mean yeah. That that was the podcast before podcasts. I see. That was because it was a weekly radio yeah, show yeah, 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 yeah. on NPR for right. a long time. I remember, yeah. and I I do remember listening to it like on a computer, like because they they were one of the first to like mm. load everything digitally yeah. to the web so that you could listen, you know, on your computer. I remember doing that at like an old job where you know if I was doing something meandering and droning or whatever, I just listened yeah. to episodes of that on you yeah. know one after the other. And then, of course, you know, became part of the podcast. Went to their MySpace page and uh, started listening (laughs) to that. Exactly. (laughs) Good stuff. Well, here's another thing, though. About half the top-ranked podcasts have video. Oh, I know you complain coming out of the gate (sighs) about the video portion of it, but... 51% 51% uh, do have video. So when you look yep, at the top-ranked yep. podcasts, there are a variety of formats. 38% feature deep reporting or explaining a topic type of a thing. Yep, yep. Roughly a quarter are interview. That's uh, I would put us more in yeah, the interview yeah, kind of so. category. And 16 are around commentary. Uh, we already mentioned true crime as being one of the top-ranked ones. Now, here's another stat. Most top-ranked podcasts have a single host. 
I, yeah. So um, does does that mean I like need to exit stage left and and you just we'll, take over we'll, here? We'll and... talk. We'll talk later. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if we want to be a major <laughs> Whatever, player, I can't do this without you. Apparently, <laughs> well, fifty eight percent have a single hose. Oh uh, man. Now here's Marco's going to love this unfortunate next one. Top ranked podcasts tend to be less than an hour long. Which we generally well, yeah. are. I know he's raising his fist well, in, you in know, victory over there. When you throw there. in all the graphics and the ads and stuff or whatever, we might stretch a little over an hour sometimes. Yes, 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 yes. It's just because, again, it's, it's the two host problem because we like to sit here and ramble a lot and <laughs> talk too much. So, And here's the last one. Many top-ranked podcasts turn, their, turn to their audiences for financial support. So... Do we need to start asking for... Uh, I mean, we, we can start up we with a, a Patreon or whatever, you know? Maybe or? we should start selling the T-shirts and making money well, off us. Well, that is awesome. Because there are actually a couple podcasts that I actually do contribute to. Not right. all, I don't do it much, but yeah, there's yeah. a couple that I'm like, hey, you guys are so entertaining. I will I will happily and you get the, give like, you some money. And you get the backstage stuff? Well, that, yeah. yeah there's okay. some of, There's like bonus content. Yeah, bonus content. Get, like my, my, I've talked, I think I've talked about this before. Some of my favorite podcasts are these guys. That they, they do two podcasts called Greatest, Gen- Greatest Generation and Greatest Trek. Star mm-hmm. Trek stuff. And they have, if you're a paid subscriber to their network, you know, and it, it, like you'll get a bonus feed access where it's honestly all the shows in the network do bonus content. So you, even if you're not listening to others, you get other stuff too. Mm-hmm. But with them, they do fun extra stuff. Like they have a recurring show called Factory Seconds where they go to the Cheesecake Factory and order random new stuff off the menu every time and just talk about how they felt about it. Nice. They're doing another one where they're re-watching some episodes, old episodes of Baywatch and talking about that. <laughs> nice. It's, so it's stuff like that where I'm just like, I, you know, I love listening to these guys. I love listening to their new shows yeah, every yeah, single yeah. week. Right. And if I can, if I, if, if paying them a little bit of money each month lets me enables that good and you're yeah, good keeps yeah. them one, yeah, yeah, yeah. one still doing this and gives me more of their content to listen to and laugh at even I'm better happy happy to do that fair enough fair that, enough so. well i'm telling you we, we gotta maybe consider so what would our, what would our bonus content be then if i don't know like, what would it be true crime would we just well that or will we just go full bore into our nerd stuff and like <laughs> maybe like, <laughs> like you know we have our yearly star wars episode would we just be doing like yeah. nerdy stuff yeah. on a regular basis yeah. you know yeah. like yeah. let's talk about this week's episode of ahsoka there it is yes yeah something like that we need to consider all right so hey if you're interested in that let us know i'm always asking you to let us know what you like about the show if you want some something extra on the side and you're willing to pay for it let us know it's gonna be like one person it's gonna be like uh, i'll give you like two cents (laughs) all right sure oh by the way here's another thing we're doing right most top ranked podcasts release at least once a week Okay. Yeah, uh, so yeah, roughly yeah. once a week, that's forty percent of them are doing that. So uh, yeah, there you go. You gotta stay. You gotta stay in people's minds. You gotta, you gotta stay, stay in there. their feed. Gotta so stay relevant. You, that's so. right. That's right. All well, right. all that being said, let's get to the real important stuff. Let's talk some beer. <laughs> let's, let's talk beer. some alcohol. Yeah, we got, we've got back-to-back <laughs> alcohol topics here that could not be more different, honestly, in a way. But uh, mine, we'll start off. We're talking about the best beer cities in the U.S. So yes. This was a. Uh, this was uh, let's see from realestatewitch.com, sponsored by powered by Clover, I guess. Um, and uh, or is that clever? I can't read. It's too small here on my screen. Anyway, uh, we always like to say when we talk these best of, what's the criteria? Yep, what's, what's the, the criteria? What's the background here? Here's mm-hmm. the criteria to ca- they came up with the the a score. Uh, I think this is pretty solid. By metros. the way, yeah, they do breweries per capita. Yep. Average price of beer. Yep. Affordability of domestic beer and imported. 
uh, average Yelp rating of breweries, average Yelp rating of bars, bars per capita, and a beer passion score <laughs> based on Google Trends data. That's, okay, now that's the that's the one that I got to contest a little bit. Although that's they the do maybe a little intangible. Yeah, but. they give it the uh, a, a pretty low weight. That's a times two, I right, guess. Right, right. So yeah. it's but still, anytime you throw in the Google Google of voodoo factor, yeah. it's like oh come on. What Honestly, having Yelp too is another one because you know like there are certain people that just Yelp oh, leave yeah. Yelp reviews for yeah, everything, absolutely. and there are people that just go about their day and live yeah. normal lives. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So without further ado, uh, let's get to this then. The number one beer city in America, according to this this poll, is Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yep. But number two, Cincinnati, Ohio. I am disgruntled. I hate losing should, to Pittsburgh. Well, I period. That's so that's true. It this is, is this was just really feeds disappointing. Into the rivalry that we have with Pittsburgh. Yeah. I always imagined that. I always I thought I heard that Cincinnati was the best beer town. In, in you know, people think what's the traditional one when you think beer town? To me, it would be like a like, Milwaukee. Maybe like Milwaukee or Milwaukee. something. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, Which yeah, is, beer what, number three on the list. Yeah, so right. they're right there. But so. to have Cincinnati, I mean, you know, we all, we all around here know, oh, yeah, there's a lot well, of breweries. Like, there's yeah, a the, lot of... The explosion of local breweries here in the last couple sure. decades has been yeah. high, very impressive. It's a good sure. place to live, and there's a lot of breweries around yeah. here. But so, Pittsburgh squeaks us out. Yeah, where they beat us is they have more breweries per 100,000 residents. By a lot. Like, we have, uh, Cincinnati's 1.7. They have 2.34. <laughs> so, apparently, you just... <laughs> stumble out of your house in Pittsburgh and you find a brewery. Uh, <laughs> or you, your house might be a brewery. That's, yeah, that's right? also true. Where else did they end up beating us on? Uh, let's see the, the, uh, not the income part. The Yelp rating was, no, that was real. Rating was lower. Yeah. The bar ratings lower. The passion scores, honestly, that's where the biggest part see, of it is. They uh, have a 95.7 passion score versus a 78.8 for. Come on now. Maybe, maybe we're, come on maybe now. we're dampened a little bit because we also have a big bourbon culture here in the Tri-State. Oh, that's true. Kentucky bourbon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's, that's where the passion is not as high on the beer side, but That's whatever. a good point. No. I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily buy that either, but fine. You know, at least we're, we're in the, not just in the top 10, we're in the top five, top two here yep, on that. Yep, yep. The rest of the top 10, again, Milwaukee is number three, New Orleans, Denver, Louisville, Kentucky, so another fairly local yep. to us, you know, not yep. uh, that far off. Indianapolis, um, mm-hmm. you know, part of our tri-state here. Well, not the tri-state, <laughs> but, you know, literally part of the three states that make up the tri-state. Yep. Nashville, Tennessee, Charlotte, North Dakota, uh, North Dakota, North Carolina, <laughs> and Minneapolis. I do find it interesting that other than Denver, everything else is pretty much, you know, Eastern, northeastern, southeastern, like I mean, uh, uh, excuse me, but seven of these are what I would call in the Midwest. <laughs> well, okay, I know. What does that but say I'm saying, about us, Midwesterners? I know. I'm saying, like you know, uh, you know, maybe like everything. Practically everything here is dude. Is seven of the east, top ten are in the, the Midwest, east of the Mississippi, and, the, and they're all within a day drive of where we're sitting. That's a good point. Right yeah. Now. So apparently, we like beer a lot out here. <laughs> you so. know who doesn't like beer? If you live in L.A., oh, yeah. Who's, yeah. you're at the bottom, of the, the bottom of the list. Number 50, yeah. L.A. LA and Riverside. Uh, what are they drinking out there? What are, they, what are we doing? Maybe they just like their hard liquor more, you know? Okay. Mixed drinks and tequila. And, yeah. you know, they or shall we say tequila, other probably. forms of uh, oh, that's true. Yeah, inebriation other, uh, other, type of Other things. ways to uh, yeah. take the edge off. <laughs> There for sure. So yeah. All right. So that's our that's our top beer cities in the U.S. But let's let's pivot a little bit into um, the uh, uh, America's relationship with alcohol. Oh, as if we didn't yes. kind of tee that up already. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, coming out of the pandemic, everyone was a foodie and everyone became a bartender, right? Uh-huh. I mean, that's just the the way it is. But you know, it is fascinating. So I stumbled across this um, this. It's actually from Gallup. 
uh, you know, research around Americans' relationship, if you will, with drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, pretty good. Some of the story highlights 62% of U.S. adults drink alcohol, 62%, mm-hmm. which is perhaps a little less than I thought it would be. Um, but okay, 38%. Bunch of teetotalers. <laughs> 38, well, th- 38% are abstain completely. Wow. So that's to me, I, that was a, that seemed a little, anyway. I would have put it like in the 90% drink and 10%. Or at least oh. in the like upper 70s, 80s, maybe low 80s, something like that. Okay, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. But you're right. It's a little a little skewed more than I would have expected. 20% of drinkers say they sometimes overindulge. 20, yeah, so about 20% of the that, time that, that of those drinkers. Is, yeah. that, that number is always unfortunately high, but yeah, it's, you know. <laughs> I know you may think 20% doesn't sound like a lot, but that's probably a lot more than it should well, be. Well, and what, what does the word sometimes mean? Well, and what does overindulge mean? This is, is true. It, is it like... Okay, you had one too many, you shouldn't drive, or you pass out kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, what, are we, what are we talking about That's a good about question. Here? How do you define and that? And what is sometimes? For me, overindulges. Is that once a week? Yeah, for or me, is overindulges is like, oh, I drank three beers instead of two tonight, and like I'm super tired now. You yes. Know? Like, well, see, I'm in the same boat as yeah. you are, but but other people's tolerances are obviously yeah. much, much different. Uh, Definitely. But beer is still the most popular alcoholic drink. Okay. Liquor, uh, um, battling wine for second place, but there are a couple of unique things. So there's, there is, and go to it in the show notes and look at this one graph. Americans' use of alcohol because they have it from 1939 mm-hmm. all the way up to 2023. What's really fascinating here is it barely moves. Yeah. If, if you ask yeah. me, everything's between like 60 and 70 percent. I mean, there are some decades, like in the 70s and the 80s. Apparently, there was a lot yeah, of obviously drinking they did going this on pro- post prohibition. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it starts in 1939. You're right, and there's there is a little bit of a hockey stick coming up out of there. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, we can drink again. Woo! And it quickly dives back down into the f- high 50s. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, Looks like, am I seeing the low point was 1958? Yes. 55%. Yes. Which hmm. is a little curious. So I don't know what happened I was trying there. for that Norman Rockwell household. There, is that what know? that was going they, they, on? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not I don't sure. Know. I mean, we can bash on the 50s, I guess. I don't know. But there may be some good things. I, well, I don't know what what happened there. But that is one of the low points, which, by the way, in the late 80s, it, it got close to that again. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's the very that's late when, 80s. That's when designer drugs kicked in, too, probably. <laughs> well, so, there you, you go. Know. But since then, it's it's remained remarkably flat. I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, to me, that that's pretty interesting. They've got great statistics on age group, uh, of course. If you're between the age of 35 and 54, 66% use alcohol there. Uh, It was fascinating on the annual household income, though. They even broke it down to that. Apparently, the rich people or the rich households, if if you have a household making $100,000 or more, 79%. Uh, are consuming alcohol. Yeah, so, yeah. see, that's a little bit, I don't know, that's uh, what I thought was a little closer to reality. But if your folks, if your household makes less than $40,000 a year, 53%. So, uh, it doesn't really matter if you're religious. <laughs> you're no, still. <laughs> no. The, the weekly ones are around 50%, of, apparently. Beyond that, yeah, it's about the same. It's a little, it goes in the 60s if you don't attend quite as often. So, that's right. Yeah, yep, I found yep. that interesting. Yep, yep, yep. And then the last thing I wanted to touch on here was liquors kind of, when you look at, uh, I thought it was interesting. U.S. drinking preferences, you know, beer obviously still remains strong. The highest it was is close to 50%. It's right at 37% now as a preferred alcoholic beverage. Uh, but liquor has seen quite a spike, I would say, in the last, what do you look like, four or five years? Yeah. It's just like, yeah. whoop. And now liquor is higher than wine. So liquor is the number two. Back to your point about bourbon and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. 
Uh, and wine is number three as preferred alcohol beverage. So yeah. there you go. That's uh, that's our relationship with alcohol. There uh, you go. You know, only about, uh, what is it, uh, 60% of people drinking. Yeah. Most are drinking beer, but liquor is doing better. I do find it interesting, too. They do have a little graph here of, like, non-drinkers' reasons for not imbibing. And 24% said, no reason, don't want to. Yeah. Don't want it to have no desire. Right. Basic. And then, I mean, after that, don't like, don't care for it. Unhealthy, you get to unhealthy, not good for body around 14%. Afraid of consequences, like, okay, past bad experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, that's kind of what you expect. But I do find it interesting, yeah, there's just, you know, a quarter of people that don't drink basically are just saying, like, I just don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Yeah. I'm not yeah. interested in it. Yeah, it's great. Good, Which good is for awesome. you. I mean, that's, you Absolutely. Know, there's nothing wrong with that either. So, um, no, yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong with it in moderation. There's nothing wrong with having nothing to do with it either. So. Yeah, yeah. And they're going and buying. They're they're just stopping off at a uh, dispensary anyway. So. <laughs> but hey, if you if you do want to imbibe, come to Cincinnati. We got um, yes, we got a lot. Come of beer. to Cincinnati. We got plenty of beer and go a little south, and you can get some really nice bourbon too. There it so is. There it is. We'll, yes, we'll hook you up whichever way you want to go around here. <laughs> All so. right. What's your topic next, there, okay, my friend? Okay, so next up here, we've got um, a, little, a quick little article from The Guardian about which U.S. job will shrink the most in the next decade. Oh. This is kind of a no-brainer, I suppose. Like, this was a this was one of these articles I'm like, which, should I even bother talking about this? Which specific job, they're but saying? It, they, yeah, they, so they did a little bit of research and figured out, and the specific job that they thought was going to be in the biggest decline uh, by 2031 is, is cashiers. Oh, well, there you go. Again, not super surprising. It's but expected, we know this in our industry. Exactly. It says yeah. it's expected that 335,000 fewer jobs will be available to people working as cashiers. Obviously, automation, AI, big part mm-hmm. of, of you know, what's Self-checkout. leading that charge. Mm-hmm. Um, also, noted that just a lot of people, just, these are just roles that people just kind of drift in and out of quickly and easily anyway. Mm-hmm. But yes, again, there's just there's going to be less reason for people to be a cashier. One of these things where like, I don't necessarily think this is a terrible thing. I don't think we're talking about like we're just going to cut a whole bunch of people's jobs out from under their feet necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's just going to be that there's just not going to be as much need. And those people that traditionally would have been cashiers at a retail establishment or a restaurant or whatever it is mm-hmm. are just going to have other jobs there instead. Yeah. And a lot of that will be left up to automation. I don't think it's like, you know, we're just going to literally just cut 335,000 jobs out of the economy. Right. I think it's just more of just like there's that's just not a role that people are going to necessarily yeah. need yeah. anymore. Well, and it used to be a it used to be a career, believe it or not. I well, mean, yeah, you, yeah. You, you could you could uh, make a living uh, doing that. Well, like maybe, I think like grocery right. stores. I mean, like oh, you know, for sure. it used to be, you know, like, you know, like especially a lot of like elderly folks or young folks is their first job. Like their yep. job is just to be there all day long yep. and just ring up the goods and yep. take the money. And that yep. was it. You know, like, yeah. What I don't like about that is the customer service aspect of it, because I do remember back in the day uh, when, well, when my, my wife wasn't working, she would, you know, going to the grocery store as a weekly thing, and she got to know everybody in the grocery store, <laughs> including the cashiers. Right and, right. and they had great relationships, but it was yeah. a part of the whole, I mean, she, I think you talked to her, she longs for those days where yeah. she would, she would know the people, all the people. We go to our grocery store now, and it's like, we don't know anybody there, you know, yeah. kind of a thing. So that has changed. In this article, though, if I could pivot, sure. there were some things in here that were a little disheartening uh, to me. Other jobs that are going to disappear yep. quickly. I mean, obviously, assemblers and fabricators, 115,000. A lot of robotics uh, I, going there. I get there. that. Yeah. Yep. I totally get that. But again, there's there's a shrinking of some entry-level jobs, right. uh, things of that nature. Telemarketers, uh, I get it. You know, a lot less fewer. Are, are but, we too upset about that one? <laughs> but, but, but here's the <laughs> Although one. Although telemarketers do have their place when used effectively and not for spammy reasons. No doubt. But here's one that, you know, just makes me pause. Yeah. Farmers and ranchers yeah. down 24,000. You know, that's one of those things that 
okay, if Armageddon comes and we don't have people that know how to farm and uh, ranch and do these basic things. Uh, I it's know like, everybody oof. started their backyard garden, but that doesn't make you a farmer. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> There's maybe only one farmer on our staff, uh, Sam, that does like, you know, sh- she'll get yeah. into canning yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, that's to me, that's getting a little closer. <laughs> so when the though. apocalypse comes, Sam, we're coming to your house. Oh, yeah, we're eating all the pickles. <laughs> and, and <laughs> Yeah, no, no I, doubt. I hope you got enough to feed us. <laughs> So anyway, uh, I was like, uh, I, was, I was disappointed to yeah, see that one. Yeah, postal service workers was another one too that they had down yeah. quite a bit at last yeah. on that list, which again, not particularly shocking or surprising yeah. there. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm I hope that you know when we talk about this, you know, jobs that will shrink, we're also opening up new potential avenues. Mm-hmm. You know, when you mentioned like assemblers and fabricators, I you know I. I um, this was some years ago in my last job. I, I visited a a company that made food service equipment, and they you know they're one of the top ones in the country. And they they had kind of started pivoting their business to using a lot of robotics. So mm. we got to tour their factory, and mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. there's really cool places where like you know just like a you know a, a pan you know a food pan that you might use like on a deli spread or something like that mm-hmm. or on a you know a, a buffet spread or whatever in a restaurant or in you know a cafeteria or something you know they very cool machine that just like you know lifted up a flat sheet of paper and like just punched out the depth of it or whatever and mm-hmm. you know and, and, and then and then put it down to move on to the next place and they were made a very you know strong point out of telling this again was like six seven years ago or more like eight nine years ago i guess at this point of telling us like hey we when we installed these ro- you know these robots and this new you know types of manufacturing we made a point out of not losing any jobs because mm. of it. so the people who would normally have been doing that stuff manually in the past mm-hmm. are either doing one of a couple things there's either someone who has now been trained to work with the robots themselves like mm-hmm. helped manage and, and maintain mm-hmm. the robots yep, right or and a lot of it too because they took a lot of pride in like you know the design work of their you know their products that you know yeah you have the fabricating you know robot that's you know punching stuff out and creating the shape of everything. Mm-hmm. But then it's going to an actual person who's yeah. doing like a little bit of like assembly additional or yeah. edging or whatever yep. to sand the edges off and mm-hmm. make it look smooth and nice or whatever. Do a little polishing, do a little QAing or something. So you know they were they were very specific about hey we want to make sure that even though we've replaced that jo- that particular job with a robot and some kind of automation. We took those people and found other places for them within our business to still make our business even better. And mm-hmm. and I hope that more, you know, I know there are companies that won't. I know there are companies that will say, hey, now that we can do this with robotics, with automation, we just don't need these people anymore. Right. Less right. people we have to pay. Yeah. But hopefully more people, you know, more companies will realize like, hey, this means we can pivot and still, you know, keep our, our workforce size, but now find other better ways to use them to make this even more efficient, better at what we do, better products, yeah. better for our customers. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, which I think will happen. Yeah. I think so too. Because there's such a labor yes. shortage to begin with. So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, ultimately yeah, yeah. that's where we will end up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And well, getting into that, you know, one of those things that may may enable some of that, unfortunately, <laughs> is quantum computing. That's right. So anytime I see a headline on quantum computing, I'm always like, ooh, at yep. least it's yep. going to pique my interest a little bit. Uh, so the headline is IBM quantum computer reaches key milestone. Now, I'm going to admit that I'm going to talk about a couple things here that uh, really make me feel dumb. <laughs> Go and I'm, I'm going to yeah. highlight that here. Uh, <laughs> but apparently, one of the takeaways, quantum computing, a little farther away than we thought. You know, it's not right around the corner. They're right, talking like right. five to ten years before this even becomes like maybe we right. would start to using it. But but here's the what really made me kind of scratch my head on this one. Apparently, it's really noisy. Quantum computing is noisy, and that is a problem. So let me. Let I get me, annoyed when my fan spins up on my, right? my back. You know? Yes. Like, well, that's part of the. Okay. <laughs> you think that's funny, but here we go. One key. For, so, IBM, 
One key to seeming advantage of IBM's quantum computing is quantum error mitigation. So you can either try to mitigate errors or you can try to correct them. Well, what they tried to do, this their quantum computing is now uh, in error mitigation. Uh, but now, what the, the way they do this, now a novel technique for dealing with so noise. Who knew quantum computing actually creates noise? It's a, like literally a very noisy thing, yes, but also in the circuitry that you can't here, um, it, it's, it's a noisy thing to do. So what did they do to help with the mitigation of errors? They actually increased more noise into the quantum circuitry to make it noisier, and that in turn made less accurate answers and then extrapolated backwards to estimate the answer the computer would have gotten if there were no noise. So here, I know, I just lost myself as well on that. <laughs> but what you have is you have a noisy process. They're introducing more noise into it so that they can extrapolate through whatever, backward estimating is what they call it, yeah. to answer whether it's it's fascinating stuff that is way over my head. But apparently, <laughs> who knew? The problem of noise comes about because IBM's quibits are sensitive superconducting circuits. So these are these circuits that are zipping along here. Mm -hmm. That represents mm -hmm. the zeros and ones of binary computation. When quibits are entangled for a, for a calculation, unavoidable annoyances, I love these phrases, such as heat and vibration can alter the entanglement and introduce the errors. That's the issue here. So noise can be, yes, audible, but also heat, vibration. It's really anything that's, right. that gets in the middle of these circuits doing what they're doing. So they're, in, they're just adding more noise and then kind of backing that back out afterwards. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah. But it's like, uh, is this stuff real? Sometimes you just <laughs> sit back and you just think to yourself, okay, so quantum computing is going to be Are you this, just making up words? Exactly. No. It's going to be this fascinating thing that's going to end, you know, it'll just be able to compute any problem that we have In instant, instantaneously. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Is that how this gets done, though, uh, <laughs> through this kind of stuff? So I, I feel really like it's heady time, stuff. I think it's time to replace the phrase, it's not rocket science with, it's not quantum computing. <laughs> yes, there. <laughs> because I think I understand rocket science better than I understand this. Oh, this at, this at this point, point. Yes. yes. But see, look at the incremental growth that human uh, species <laughs> is going through. I mean, rocket science 60 years ago, nobody yeah, would have yeah, understood. Now no, we totally get we're, that. We're beyond Trajectory that. Trajectory yeah. and how it happens. Yeah. Exactly. Quantum computing still got me baffled, whole, dude. Whole new still realm got me here. baffled. Yeah. yeah. But, boy, I'm interested. Is IBM even on your next topic? Uh, did they rank as far as uh, uh, I believe? Let's take a look here. What do you got? What's your next we'll, topic? We'll find out. All right. So next up here, we've got a a listing of brand reputations ranking the best and worst in 2023. Oh, okay. Twenty twenty three. This is, uh, from, this is from Visual Capitalist. Okay. So they basically they did. It's this uh, again. As always, we always put the links and stuff in the show notes. Highly recommend you check out this particular. Uh, I love little, their stuff. Visual Capitalist. Yeah, yeah they I, have good stuff. You're gonna want to check out this this kind of format they set up here as they created this like giant ring with you know, <laughs> brand <laughs> reputations from best to worst. I like it. Um, and, uh, so we'll, we'll start with the good stuff at the top here. So I'm going to give you the the um, the brands that ranked in the excellent category Ooh. for us for a score here, which is basically right. it looks like 80 score of 80 or higher on a scale of, you know, up to 100. Basically. OK, so these are brands um, we like. Yes. Good so reputations. These are the, the brands with great reputations. Um, I'll start uh, at the, the bottom of the excellent, which is 3M. You've got 3M, Apple, USAA. Amazon, hmm. kind of surprised that one oh, ranked as high. As Amazon, it really? Okay. I, mean, I know, I know, we all use Amazon, but I feel like the reputation necessarily isn't great. But 
you know, Some okay. Kinks in the armor. There Samsung, you go. Toyota, Chick Fil A, Trader Joe's, John Deere, Ooh. Costco, and Patagonia is at the top. What Patagonia? Costco, I believe. Costco, Costco for sure. If you are a Costco person, you just yeah. love Costco. That's, That's all right. There is to it. Well, it's a good brand. It's it great really store, is. Well run. Exactly. Yeah. Patagonia. I don't. I again, I've never had anything Patagonia. I don't. I don't buy from Patagonia. That's I don't know anything very, about them. Yeah. That's but a apparently very, they have a very high brand reputation. Well, so it's high end stuff too. That is not cheap yep. stuff. They scored an 83.5 out of 100. You know what it is? So. Probably the environmental stuff there. I think that's the, in some of the environment because they're very in that Yeah, realm. that's probably they're very conscious of, yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, I and think I, people I'm buy assuming the brand they make high-quality products, too, that people I'm assuming, just really enjoy. I don't, so. I don't own a single but, piece but, of you know, it. But we yes. also know that brand reputation has a lot to do with, you know, like, yeah, exactly, with people's feeling about the brand and what they mm-hmm. you know, what they bring to their life, what they bring to the world. That can, you know, yeah. uh, you know have a lot to do with, with this kind of stuff, too. Look at that legacy brand, though, of John Deere. Yeah. Number I found three. that fascinating. That's still so high up on the list. I mean, I, I guess I get it. You know, I think if, you know, if, if for people who use John Deere, I've never heard anyone say anything bad about them. No, right. You, you see people using old John Deere tractors that they've been using potentially for decades, yeah. you know, yeah. still out there trucking away with them. Um, so I guess I get it. It's just not one I would have thought of at all. I, I think all the other ones on this list, to some extent, make sense. And they're oh, still sure. like Chick Fil A. I mean, yeah, there's still brands that are on top yeah. of people's. A lot of people's again. Patagonia was seemed like the the outlier a bit. Just yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Not one I think people talk about as much. Right, right, right. Um, but the other ones kind of made sense. Now, if we shift to the bottom of the list, oh, here, and um, I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna put this out there with no commentary. But the very bottom one on the list is Trump. Yes. Uh, the oh, Trump, Trump brand. Oh, the Trump brand. <laughs> came of up course. Very last thing on the list. <laughs> scored, the only one that scored is very poor at a 52.9 ranking. Uh, the rest of the ones that scored poor, which means basically looks like below 65 ranking. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So the, going from uh, you know, we got here? best of those to worst, BP. Uh-huh. Um, I don't even know what BP. this next one is here. I can barely even see the little logo there. Uh, I, I got nothing on that one. It's, yeah. a, it's a little logo that I can't read, so I, I don't know. I'll, you know, my eyesight sucks, so I can't quite zoom in on that one. TikTok is up there, or you know, down there, I should say. Spirit Airlines, Meta, Twitter slash X now. Fox and FTX, which that one makes total sense at this point. <laughs> I think if you had, if you had done this maybe a year oh, earlier, FTX might have probably landed somewhere more of like in the middle or yep. you know slightly lower yep. tier. But now yep. it's it's definitely um, uh, much further down on that list than it was before. So. Uh, so yeah, so those are the the best and worst. Uh, oh, so three of them, brands. three of them are like late new brands, social media yep, type. Yep, you know, yep. I guess the social companies don't get a lot of respect. A couple medias in there. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, yep. yeah. And FTX, of course. Yeah, and and of I course, mean, and an oil company. Go figure. You know, well, right. An well, oil company yeah. down there. To yeah, 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 yeah. So. It, well, which is like a message, right? They, they, there's, there's things that they can do. I wonder where their competitors uh, show up here. Is there, I know, like, like any um, of the other ones, kind uh, of like in the Exxon middle. Exxon Mobil is like under the, is at the top of the fair. Yeah, list. Shell's so not, kind of in the middle. Not a lot you know. further, but a little bit yeah. further along. Yeah. 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 So you know, some of the others ranked a little bit better. I don't think you're going to see any of them in the, the high marks. Like when I look over on the left side of this list here, yep. of this you know sphere that they put together here. Yep. You're mostly seeing more like retail brands, well-known yep. technology brands. Um, you know, I, I, I like I, there's not any of the ones in that side that I think are like mega surprising. 
Um, but and so yeah, well, you're gonna look at this and you're probably gonna you know, feel like on, okay, I get it. Let's riff on this a little bit. Top movers. So the the people, the brands that have moved the most to the, the positive the side. Yeah, yeah. We got Nike, yeah, uh, American Express, which is an curious. interesting one. Yeah. Costco, we've already talked about that, and Chick fil A. Yep. Boom. Huge and GM. Uh, and, and GM for whatever reason. Now the <laughs> biggest losers, top movers uh, downward. Taco Bell. Man, what a Taco really? Bell. Is it, is it because they like well they didn't get rid of breakfast, but like breakfast has became like very Oh. I thought it was them. maybe they got rid of the dog, but that was a long time ago. A little chihuahua. <laughs> yeah, that's been some time ago. Uh, uh, Netflix lost. Target yeah, lost. I Netflix. Target, I'm kind of surprised by. I like. I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't hear a lot about Target, but you know, I feel like most people mm, tend to like Target. They've had know. a couple issues right. lately. You know, around and and well, Chrysler. And then Tesla, huge mover down. That one doesn't particularly shock me either, I guess. You know, uh, is that just the man at the top it, I, and I, how polarizing I probably, he is? I think yeah. that's all it can be. Well, what that and I just, be? there's just been, you know, and that and I think there's also been some controversy around, like, you know, the design and, you know, longevity of their vehicles. Not no, to, I don't know that not, that would, not to, I don't know not that, that would rank, you, kill them in the, there, uh, but no, in the But yes, reputation. I suspect it's mostly about Musk, because yeah. it's probably the yeah, primary yeah. driver of well, that particular one, so. Yeah, yeah. Interesting stuff. Yes, interesting list of, of brands. So again, check out that in the show notes. You're going to want to see that. Check out any of the stuff that we have talked about today. We, yes. You know, we ran through a nice little gamut of, of different stories. Yes. Uh, and of course, uh, as always, if you like some of these stuff we've talked about, if you what? have Tech Bytes topics. If they have a tech beef, what, how do they even tell us? Well, they, I mean, you got to tell us because we don't know. We'd love to talk about this yes, stuff. If there's true. like, hey, I'd really like for you guys to talk about this yep. particular yep. story. I'd love to hear what you have to say about this how about an invitation? Even technology. if you have a tech beef, we can bring you on and talk about your tech exactly. beef. Exactly. Yeah. Beef. If yes. you're willing to, to come on the show, we'll happily send you out a link, bring you on, chat Riff about with it you. for a few yep, minutes. Yep, yeah. Yep. You got one? Uh, so to do that, you got to talk to us, though. And there's a yes. few ways you can talk to us. First of all, right. if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, like the episode, go down to the below the episode and leave us a comment. You can leave a comment. Tell us what you want to talk about or hear about on the show. Or Easy to do. Your thoughts on some of these topics we've discussed today. Uh, you can also reach out to us. We always have a link in the show notes where we ask for topic submissions and ideas of stuff you want mm -hmm. to see and hear about on the show. Again, if maybe you don't can't think of like a topic for a particular guest or something or something in the channel that you want to hear about. Maybe you've got a cool tech bite article though. Send it to us. That's right. Because Dean and I are always like just building our list that, you know, when we decide to do one of these episodes, we yep. throw them at each other. Yep. And like, all right, let's see what this is what we got. Yeah. We want to do. Put yours in the mix. Yeah. Throw yours in the mix. And again, mm -hmm. we'll either we'll give you credit for it at the very least. But if you want to come on and talk about it with us, we're happy to do that, too. So go to that link in the show notes. Leave us any of those ideas. Just for doing it, we'll send you a TechConnect podcast T-shirt. There Just it is. for submitting an idea yep. to us. Mm -hmm. You can also at any time also reach out to us on that platform from that guy that, you know, is bringing down the stock of Tesla potentially. <laughs> uh, you can find us on X slash Twitter at TechConnectPod. You can also email us TechConnect at BlueStarInc.com. All right, let's wrap things up with what's tech connecting with you. Yes. Basically just another excuse to talk about another yes. topic we feel like chatting about. <laughs> uh, all right, Dean, what's tech connecting with you? Well, I got week? I got two of them. Okay. Uh, you know, this whole being human thing is kind of tricky, especially for <laughs> self-driving cars, yeah. uh, because the company Cruise, uh, which is the, the autonomous taxis right. that are driving yep. around in San Francisco. Which they have launched them. Yes, they have. Oh, yeah. And... I have a feeling you're going to go to the same place with this, the same story that I've heard on oh, this, but go on. Let's see. Well, oh, I'm saying, so they cut their fleet by 50% after an incident uh, involving a fire truck recently, oh. just weeks after the San Francisco 
whatever, uh, city, whatever, uh, voted to allow them to have more operating oh, no. cars. So apparently what's going on here, is this what you heard? No, this is something else. But okay. I'll, I'll, get to, I'll tell you mine, too. Got it. Uh, so what happened here is that, and, and actually when you think about it, the self-driving car really didn't do an issue, uh, meaning... So the incident that happened is the car was going through a green light. It was it entered the intersection and a fire truck that was running a red light oh, because they can right, right. They're right. allowed to do that. Hit hit the car. Mm. Uh, nobody was injured or anything like that. But okay. that's why I'm saying this whole being human thing is tricky because there's uh, yeah. there's so many intricacies in driving a something car. else you have to teach them. It is them. fascinating yeah. when you when you really get down to the granularity. I mean, we all just take it as like. It's like whatever. It's breathing. You, we, it's as easy right, as breathing. Right. We just hop in a car and go. Yeah. But our little brain is actually doing some fascinating stuff yep, that's yep. really hard to teach. Uh, we to all do. know. So anyway, hey, there's sirens. There's lights. I need to stop. Exactly. Yeah. That's just one of those things that's Green hard light to program. Or no, I'm but, stopping. I mean, it gets worse. You know, these crews. <laughs> when you see some of the issues that people have posted on social, where apparently these sometimes these cars congregate into an area and it'll just jam up an entire street because I, they're waiting for their next call or whatnot where does oh, it go okay well it's just sitting on a street and so you've got like people that are <laughs> taking videos of like six cars lined up cruise cars lined up along the street and nobody else can get down the street because of all these things interesting uh, going back to the fire thing apparently these things are really known for getting in the way of emergency vehicles like even once the, like if there's a there's one incidence where there is a fire happening right the fire trucks had rolled up unrolled all their stuff and stuff like that but this cruise car started trying to get through it's oh, like still no. trying, trying to roll over the, the you know the the pipes or the hoses oh, no. and all that kind of good stuff so yeah it's, it's like that amazon driver that delivered a package during a police standoff yeah and and here's the job i do not want to have apparently Cruz feels compelled to tweet about any incident that any of their vehicles ever oh, have no. to back the com, you know the the public down i guess off the ledge so can you imagine like i mean two, like two o'clock in the morning yeah <laughs> and now you got to craft something right, that goes on. Right. Everybody's okay, you know. It's, oh my God, I don't want that job. Yeah, that's a crisis. So, what did you hear about these guys? Well, I'll, I'll keep this succinct because I didn't really dive too far into the article. But apparently, yeah, yeah. apparently, people were already having sex in the cruise no. taxis. <laughs> Like, no shocker. Didn't, didn't doesn't take long. I'm not surprised by this at all. Yeah. If if people can find an opportunity to, to do something like that, well, why not? With a new yeah. technology, yeah. they're going to do it's it. It's like a so, bucket list yeah. item. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So mm. that that I I literally I remember seeing an article like seeing like a pop up article about yeah. these taxis officially going live and being in act in action. And I know why it was not even a week later that I saw that headline pop yeah. up. I'm yeah, like, yeah, 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 that checks out. Yeah, yeah, it's about that was right. um, that probably happened on night one for all we know. You know, so <laughs> absolutely. Here's my second one, <laughs> right. real quick. The iconic Brady Bunch home went up for sale recently. Did okay. you know this? I thought I've kind of thought it had been before, but, but I'm going to give you two statistics on this, and then I got a question okay. for you. Number one, how big of a house do you think it was? Probably not as big as I would, you would think because TV will make things look bigger than they are. Okay. So what do you think an average home has? Like 2,500 square feet? Yeah. Something like yeah, that? I'd say. The Brady Bunch home actually has 5,100 Okay, square feet. now that I think about it, on the flip side of it, yes, in order to have a television production, you have to well, have Well, no, bigger. I mean, I'm talking the home that, the one they modeled it after. But like the right, home. Right, right, You see the outside shots of and right. you know, okay, the establishing okay. shots. There's uh, That's actually 5,100 square feet. Well, how much do you think that's going for? It's a five-bedroom, oh, by God. the way. Um, five bath. Let's say... It's in Studio City, California. 10 million? 5.5 5 million. Okay. Okay, so now here's my question. 
did, did you watch the Brady Bunch at all? Yeah, up? somewhat. A little bit. Like I, I mean, was you're, little, you're aware of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To me, it seemed like that was middle class living. Right, the Brady Bunch was yeah. like middle class. Yeah, maybe maybe upper middle class. Well, for his, dude, you know. that's a bill of goods then, because who in the middle class lives in a fifty one hundred square foot home <laughs> in California that costs five point five million dollars? Uh, that's a good point, dude. We were sold a bill of goods. That ain't middle America yeah. right there. Do we know what uh, Mister Mrs. Brady? Well, Mrs. Brady was just a homemaker. He was probably, an architect. Right? So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He, or whatever, right? He okay, had a studio you know, or something like that. Potentially good was money. Homemaker. Good money in that. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and and I guarantee you, I don't have what a fifty-one hundred. What was the maid's name? Alice was it? Alice? Alice, 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 Alice was probably a maid. A, Alice was probably so. Maybe I was the wrong one. I shouldn't have assumed that was Middle America because they had a maid. I mean, come on. That's that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fair. I, I'm reevaluating <laughs> my life as point. I speak. I consider myself middle class <laughs> at this point in my life. I don't have a maid. You don't have Alice. My wife would like for, for us to have someone to come oh, in and clean the house man. at least, but you know, like, we don't have that. You know, certainly not a. Uh, maid that's there every single day managing the kids. So. Oh, there's my beef. Anyway, what's that right. connecting with you? Uh, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Okay. Um, <laughs> so um, I have a little bit of a beef. Here, okay. A tech beef. Yes. Um, I mentioned recently my, you know, my son started kindergarten. Yes. Um, which means I've had to deal with the whole new world of, you know, public schools yes. and technology around yep. that. Now, yep. I will, the caveat here is. One, I will I acknowledge like schools do not get funded nearly as well as they should. Okay. For as much taxes as we do pay towards schools, yet still they seem, you know, shockingly underfunded. I know teachers have to take on a lot of the burden of handling this kind of stuff themselves. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and there's a all that some, being said. There's been some cool things they've done, but I've not <laughs> been very impressed. And my wife keeps telling me, like, you need to get over this and deal with the technology gaps and issues <laughs> with this school. And I'm like, all right, fine. So it started off. With the first night we went in for like, I don't know, some kind of like kinder camp thing or whatever mm -hmm. to get acclimated. And like, mm -hmm. you know, they had tables set up and they'd given you handouts and stuff. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. make sure you sign up for this. Make sure you've got your kid registered for this thing. Go mm -hmm. to here to fill out this form. Well, here, my favorite thing is one of the pieces of paper that I got that when I got home, I looked at it and it said, you know, it said like, you know, make sure that this form has been filled out for your kid to participate in this or to do this or to make sure that, you know, they're involved in this. Oh, right. I know it was the kinder camp. Actually, this is before that. This was like, Hey, to make sure, because they had an open registration night to bring mm -hmm. the registration papers. Mm -hmm. We took a paperwork in and they're like, hey, do this to sign up for kinder camp. Mm -hmm. Great. It's like, click this link. Yeah. And it just says this link and it's hyperlinked on a piece of paper. Yes. <laughs> I literally, I'm sitting there at home with my wife. I'm going, nothing's happening, dear. I'm, you know, I'm tapping that As piece you tap of paper. The paper yes. And I'm like, I can't click on uh, this link. And I literally like reached out to a few people trying to like, you know, get yeah. an answer about this. What no, is one the link? no one responded to me at all. And finally, like two months later, there was like an email that got sent out or whatever saying like, <laughs> click here to sign up for kinder camp. I'm like, all right, great. <laughs> so that was the first thing that kind of like set me off a little bit. I'm like, this is what I'm in for. Yes. Going further down the rabbit hole, like, you know, they use an app that they use for communication, you know, with, with the enough. school and yep. with, you know, between teachers yep. and parents and stuff. Yep. It's an awful app. It's absolutely <laughs> atrocious. <laughs> It's one of those things you open the app, like you'll get a push notification. If you open the app, you got to wait for about five minutes before the app refreshes to let you see. Uh, and in that time, I just go to my email yeah. where a copy has been sent already there too. Yes. That's another thing is sometimes a <laughs> notification will go out where I will get three different emails, uh -huh. a text notification, yep. a phone call, yes. and a push notification through that app as well. You're getting it on all bases. All saying yeah. the same thing. Yeah, and yeah. only one of them is actually useful and usable by me. Yes. Uh, there's an app that they created apparently for the buses so that you can see when your kid's when bus and where it has is. approached. Like you yes. can set up zones. Yes. Took me about a week and a half to get logged into that. Okay. I, kept, you know, I asked them like, hey, how do I get into this? They're like, well, use your kid's student ID. And they gave me the ID. 
Are we sure you're not the problem here? I promise you, it ain't me. (laughs) Finally got that to work. And I do actually, I will say that that app is very handy because it's nice for, you know, if I'm, if I'm at home, if I'm working or whatever, you know, and the, the, the app pings or whatever and tells mm-hmm. me like that it's I, I've set it up so that when it when the bus turns into this the beginning of the ah, neighborhood yeah. approaching and I know that I've got Bing. like five ten yeah. minutes before yeah, 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 I get yeah. to my street I'm like all right great I, I have this way I don't have to go See, sit out and wait at the bus stop yeah, you know so yeah. there's good stuff there I do appreciate also they have like a a thing you can go to like set up the payment for for a school lunch mm-hmm. so oh you can yeah just go we do set that, that all up the time. recurring payments or whatever yep. Yep. and you can go yep. and get his yep. lunch that kind of stuff I'm like Load there's a lot wallet. of stuff that didn't exist when we were kids mm-hmm. that I think is amazing I, I so this is a a beef with a little bit of like this is pretty cool empathy. built into it too yes. and yeah. and, a, and a heavy dose of empathy <laughs> for what they're dealing with but and and now that we've you know we're Far, you know, we're a few weeks into the school year. I'm yeah. like, all right, I've I've understood and mastered most of this stuff and figured it out. I figured out where my pain points are. I figured out what I can, uh, what I, I have, have to do. I have a question. So. Does Does he have a Chromie yet? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so which, all the kids love the Chromie. He hasn't brought it home yet, but he came home from school and he's yeah. and he's yelling about his Chromie. And my wife's like, "What is he talking about? Yeah. Well, he's talking about a Chromebook." Like, yes, they, that's, that's it. Their computers yeah. they give them. That's that's his world. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. he's very excited about that because he because yeah. we, we, we like he's got a like you know a Fire tablet, kids mm-hmm. Fire HD mm-hmm. tablet mm-hmm. he's been using for yep. you know years Ever, now. But this right. is his first like because yeah. he's always been that kid who would come back you know if I'm in the office or whatever you know at home and mm-hmm. come back to the office and be like, "Daddy, can I type some stuff on your computer?" Right? No. Yeah. Don't touch it. His own Chromie. Now he's got his own. No, he'll be, f- he'll be just fine. So, he'll yeah. be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. He'll he'll master all this stuff. And yeah. Eventually, I'll get left behind, <laughs> and he'll be like, "Dad, let me show you how to do this." But here's the good news, because uh, my my daughter's eleven. She's like, "Dad, I need a. I think I finally need my own computer, right? Kind of a thing. Because yeah, the yeah. one she has really old, never really even uses it. I'm like, cool. What about it? Oh, I want a Chromie. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Actually, let's not let's go with that because they're like two hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, say yeah. nice, simple, and cheap. Yeah, maybe yeah, it's m- maybe it's not our love of Max there. Maybe <laughs> that's indulge, right. Still, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that's what's tech connecting with us, and that is our tech bites for today. Yes. It is time for us to unplug. Uh, until next time, you know, make sure your job's not shrinking anytime soon. Come to the best beer city. Go have a beer. What That's we right. think is the best beer city in the world. Compare That's us right. with Pittsburgh if you like, and I think we'll, we'll show you we'll what's better. Yeah. Uh, and as always, please stay connected. The Technic Podcast is brought to you by ELO. ELO is expanding their versatile line of commercial solutions, adding Linux alongside their market-leading Windows and Android-enabled hardware. I mean, ELO's nice. just out there like, hey, look, there's a need for this. Yeah. Why not expand? Oh, we need a Linux version? No yeah, problem. We'll, we'll drop that in Hold there. Hold my beer. <laughs> Hold my OS beer. Uh, ELO's Linux-based platform offers an expansive lineup across sizes and form factors, Linux device drivers, uniform SDKs, and a constantly growing set of tools. Linux is now available on ELO's 10, 15, and 22-inch i-series displays and the ELO backpack for digital signage, self-service kiosk, POS, KDS, and more. To learn more about ELO's Linux offerings, check out the link in the show notes or contact the Blue Star ELO team. Technic Podcast is also brought to you by Zebra. Increasingly, healthcare providers are leveraging technology and automation to ease the strain on a system that's been put to the test in recent years. Why is that? Uh, ah, yeah. something, did something happen? Something. Did you miss something? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, clinical mobility has shown great promise to increase, to create workflow efficiencies, maximize the provider's limited resources, and ultimately improve the quality of patient care. Zebra's 2022 Hospital Vision Study 
states that providers are ramping up clinical mobility by equipping bedside nurses with mobile devices and connecting data from equipment, supplies, and health information systems. Wow. All about that connectivity. Jeez. Yes, all about that having access in the palm of your hand. That's yep. good stuff in any industry, but definitely in healthcare. But too many organizations in the public and private sectors are equipping their employees with consumer-grade mm, mobile devices. There it is. Boo! Yep, boo. That aren't designed and configured to deliver the appropriate levels of security, functionality, and reliability for mission-critical applications such as healthcare. As a VAR, it's critical to know how consumer and enterprise-grade devices compare in these key areas and to be able to communicate the differences to your customers. Mm. Zebra's here to help with an ebook to help you make a case for purpose-built healthcare devices. There you go. Check out the link in the show notes to request your copy.